welcome to the World We Got This podcast, brought to you by King's College London. In this series, we take a look at the complex issues we face in the world today. We ask those researching and studying these fields about the challenges we face, the impacts they are having on society, and what we can do to help solve them. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Well We Got This In Conversation. You're about to listen to a conversation between Dr. George Adamson, Senior Lecturer in Geography, and Master's Graduate Lauren Armstrong. Lauren studied an MSc in Climate Change, Environment, Science and Policy. For her master's dissertation, she investigated whether female climate scientists experience gender bias when speaking out in public about climate change, and even whether they are actively discouraged from giving their views. This is because females have been, and still are, dismissed as dramatic or emotional. Lauren uses the term advocacy when referring to the work of climate scientists speaking out and helping to shape public discourse and policy on the current climate emergency. So, are women climate scientists judged for speaking out? Let's get on to the conversation to hear what she has to say. So it's great to be talking to you, Lauren, um, after working you with too. you on this for, I suppose, best part of three years now. So yeah. uh, a brief introduction to the project. And for those who don't know, it's a project about climate scientists, um, particularly uh, women climate scientists. But it's a, a project which is um, ostensibly about all climate scientists and the way that other climate scientists and environmental scientists think about them, um, particularly when they're doing advocacy. Uh, so it's a big question that all climate scientists grapple with. Um, when you get the call from the BBC, can you explain some such that's happening at the moment or give some context to um, the, this or that discussion that the governments are having? Um, do you just stick to the science or, or do you try to give your own views about um, the policies that should be adopted? Um, and uh, one of the fears is that if you do that, it's going to drop your standing in science because you'll be seen as being emotive and driven by narrative and not objective, um, which uh, well, the project states is a particular concern for female climate scientists. So uh, we had what, nearly 100 environmental scientists respond to the survey um, who were asked to um, rate a fictitious climate scientist, not told at the time that they were fictitious, um, uh, who, were, who were making a statement about science and about policy advocacy uh, and rate these scientists against a number of different attributes. Um, and unbeknownst to them, the, the, the scientists that they were rating um, were either male or female. You know, there were a couple of male images and a couple of female images that were sent out with these climate scientists. Um, so we were breaking these environmental scientists into different groups without them realising it because they were being given different, um, different images and different names for these scientists. So there's lots of layers to it and it, it's, it's a really fascinating project um, and of course one that you did uh, as a student at King's. Uh, you were on our MSc Climate Change, Environment, Science and Policy. Um, I was. So I guess my first question is um, what kind of brought you to King's and what brought you to the programme? <laughs> 
Um, well, I'll try not to give my life story, um, <laughs> but I, I knew I wanted to do a master's. Um, it had been a few years since I'd done my undergrad, so I was, you know, looking around, seeing what was out there, but nothing really piqued my interest. Um, and also alongside that, I've always been really interested in environmental issues as well. Um, so I did a lot of reading around that topic anyway. Um, and this included climate change. And I think everyone gets this. But one big question for me was always, you know, why aren't we doing more? Why don't people care? Mm. Why don't people even believe the science when it just felt so obvious to me? So uh, being a curious person, um, you know, I decided to kind of do some reading around this. And um, I found a, like a few great books. Um, so one of them was called What We Think About When We Try Not To Think About Global Warming um, mm. by a guy called Per Espen Stocknes, I think. Um, he's Norwegian, so sorry if I'm saying that name wrong. Um, but that was a great book. It was kind of like a psychological um, view on like climate action and strategies to help engage people. And now the second book um, that really led me to King's was a book by Mike Hume. Am I saying that right? Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so it was called Weathered Cultures of Climate. Um, so his book kind of argues that climate should be understood within the context of culture. Um, now, within that book, there was about the author section. Um, and in that section, it said he worked at King's doing kind of climate and culture stuff. Um, and as I was finding this topic really interesting, I had a little Google to see you know, what was available at King's. And I stumbled across this course and obviously applied and got in. Um, so, yeah, that's actually what led me to the course so it's quite random and um, yeah yeah I mean Mike has, has since uh, moved on to pastures yeah. new yeah. Uh, or pastures old depending on which way you look at it University of Cambridge <laughs> um, but he did make I wouldn't say make the whole department in his image but you know he's left his imprint um, yeah. in a few of us particularly those of us involved in the, in the MSC climate change myself um, Tamsin Edwards yeah um, a few of the other people who were teaching on the core modules James Porter um, who's now co-runs the the the, the um, masters with Tamsin and Krista Mayer uh, and a few other people. Um, so um, I mean that that kind of idea of climate being thought through culture, I suppose, is is what drives me. I mean, I, I where I come from is abstraction. Climate is so yeah. abstract, and I think that's yeah. one of the reasons why we do find it so easy to think about other things. And exactly. you know, people do disagree about climate change to steal another title from, from another one of Mike Hume's books. Um, <laughs> so tr trying to, to get a handle on what that abstraction is and how we, we bring this kind of abstract idea to, um, to the kind of the everyday is, is what drives me, I think, as a researcher and, and drives a lot of us who are involved in, in, the, um, in the masters. Yeah. And of course, one way that that's done is, is through science. Science yeah. doesn't just kind of reveal climate change it, it, it almost it's almost there is no climate change without science because the changes yeah, exactly. that are taking place are so abstract you wouldn't be able to, to know that they were yeah. going on exactly and um, so that puts climate scientists in a very kind of privileged position and a position of great responsibility um yeah. you know you're, you're not just saying the way things are you're, you're kind of showing a problem to people that that, that isn't necessarily something that, that that they would be aware of otherwise yeah. um such a so big then of problem course, as well <laughs> well absolutely and it's a, it's a problem which is as big as you think it is and different climate scientists have different views about how big the problem is and of course that would be one of the things that drives you know these decisions about what they should be saying when they're in the media um so i mean I, you know i was i obviously i supervised this 
topic um mm -hmm. and when you came to me with the idea you know i thought it was wonderful it was fascinating um that, that you'd come to this kind of particular slant on these questions so i guess that's yeah. my next kind of question to you is is how did you get to this point how did you come up with this particular research question well it took a little while i had loads of ideas um as one does um i was actually looking through all my old kind of notes and i was just like word docs upon word docs with all these like random bullet points in um to put ultimately i knew i wanted to do something kind of from like a psychology perspective and like communications related um so i think it was kind of further inspired by the cultures of climate module um mm. on the course so that like kind of looked to like you know the political cultural psychology aspects of climate change and um, the whole module was really great but i really enjoyed uh chris mayer's um lectures because they're more assigned like aligned with neuroscience and psychology and i just i love that stuff i find it so interesting um and actually the other module that helped shape this idea was um, environmental science and policy making and mm -hmm. um, I think James Porter did yep. it when I was yeah. there and um, so it kind of introduced the idea of science within policy making and like the difficulties scientists face when advocating or communicating around the topic and um, so it was actually when I was reading around these two modules and those kind of topics I came across this paper um, by I think it was called Bryce hopefully I'm saying mm -hmm. that name correctly um, and a few other authors as well um, and the paper's called um, Climate Change Prediction, Airing on the S Side of Least Drama. Um, so the paper takes like a historical and social look um, at how scientists talk about the environment and environmental issues. Um, it kind of argues that scientists end up kind of going towards the side of least drama and um, based on stuff that's happened historically when they've like raised the alarm about kind of big environmental issues. Um, and also about the concern they feel about potentially like losing credibility um like you said earlier if they go against these kind of norms of science such as you know being logical or subjective or you know rational mm. um so this paper it includes like it's like a short paragraph towards the end and um, and that brought in this gender dimension um that basically there's a risk of being regarded as dramatic or emotional and that's particularly great for female scientists and um, it kind of asked the question, you know, whether female scientists might be more readily dismissed by their peers or, you know, might not want to speak out about environmental issues, um, you know, which are pretty inherently dramatic and emotional. Mm. Um, so this kind of really was the basis of the idea. And then, you know, that kind of led me to do more reading, as you do, um, kind of around scientists' views on advocacy, uh, gender stereotypes. Um, and unconscious bias as well, um, which really led into structuring the whole topic and idea. You ended up with these four, um, I think, stereotypical associations yep. was the term that you use. Um, so yep. that's certain categories that are associated with certain stereotypes. So there's, there's the masculine and the feminine stereotypes. Yeah. Um, the masculine being the kind of disinterested, objective, um, confident, uh, and yeah, then the like, female are the kind of, you know, fluffy, emotional yeah, ones. Caring, traumatic. <laughs> caring, exactly, yes. And, but then, of course, caring. you know, emotive and, you know, things which, exactly, are, which are often yeah. viewed as quite negative. And then you have these kind of science and media Overlap. scales as yeah. well. So where, where did they come from? Um, again, lots of reading around. Um, so basically, yeah, men are stereotyped with these 
types of traits and these also align with scientific traits quite commonly um whereas as you just said the stereotypical female traits are kind of more associated with media so uh, like the dramatic discourse that you might see in like a media narrative or like the more emotional side of it so those kind of these four buckets and then they kind of had quite a lot of overlap as well um so yeah i did a lot of a lot of reading around to make sure that i was getting them in the right buckets um but yeah it came out quite strongly i felt that these were quite like aligned to each side if that makes sense yeah no absolutely i mean it's uh this is a lovely it's, it's like i've asked you to um tell the students to keep reading <laughs> Which i just like to be very oh, clear we that. haven't done that <laughs> But guys, yeah. keep reading. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, you know, you you clearly were reading around the the, the topic. I mean, yeah, I hope you were doing lot. this because you were interested, not just because you. Yeah, wanted to... I was. Like, I mean, yeah. And do you mean like you look at a paper or you go on I don't know Google Scholar and then you just open? I don't know. I was one. I'm one of those people that has like hundreds of tabs in hundreds of chrome windows and everyone's like how do you work like this and i'm like oh I'm, i might need it in the future <laughs> um so yeah i just i found it really interesting and i also really wanted my work to have a good solid base that i wasn't just you know pulling ideas out of the air because you know everyone does that like, oh maybe it's this maybe it's that but you do need that kind of basis to argue your point um and where it was quite I was bringing kind of a lot of threads together and um, mm. it kind of felt like I had to do quite a lot of reading, not in a bad way, like I loved it and it was part of the course, like, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, mm. that's that's why all the reading. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a great project um, to see as a lecturer because, I mean, not just because it was a great project and, you know, and we, we got some really good data and you know loads of people responded and were able to do some fantastic analysis it also does bring together a lot of different aspects of what we were teaching yeah um and kind of pulls them together in in a really interesting way with some of your own um your own interests uh i mean obviously the the the, the gender side was i don't think it's incorporated in specifically in that module um, i don't think so <laughs> i don't know don't remember but it's obviously it's obviously a big part of it um <laughs> What, what were you expecting to see? I mean, we can discuss the results in a bit, but what, what did you? Uh, to be honest with you, I wasn't I wasn't sure. I thought, you know, maybe this could be something like, you know, really around unconscious bias, like, and also knowing that females tend to have more challenges within academia anyway. And um, I kind of thought there might be something there, like maybe they would be seen as this really like way more dramatic or way more caring, like not aligned with these kind of scientific like traits. But then also, I know looking at like the the group. So we sent we sent to environmental scientists. Like I, I think around climate change, I was like maybe maybe they'll like that they're advocating. Maybe they won't care. Maybe they just want the topic to be out there. So I didn't know. Mm. I don't know. I wasn't sure to be honest. Um, and I didn't. I also didn't really want to go in with expectations because, yeah, I just kind of wanted to be surprised. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and the results were, I wouldn't say surprising, but they're certainly interesting. Mm, um, yeah. I mean, I, one thing that strikes me, we didn't do, this wasn't the specific analysis, but it does seem like the the people that responded, they were generally giving quite positive scores to these male and female in, uh, climate scientists. Yeah. 
which yeah, suggests that they were. they were generally quite happy with the fact that the people were coming out and making you know strong statements about the needs yeah. for, for emissions reductions yeah um, I that, which was good well and from the, my perspective. yeah absolutely um and the things that you know you would expect to be low um because they're kind of generally thought of as negative traits um, across the genders were low mm. and the things you generally expect to be high were high yeah um but there were a few differences um, yeah. not not many generally the male and female climate scientists were were rated the, the, the pretty much the same um you look at the median scores they'll be like identical or within kind of one one point out of ten or, or 0.5 um, but there were a few where we did see different, and it was, um, in particular, was it dramatic? That was dramatic, yeah. And um, biased. Biased, yeah. Um, those were the two that really stood out, where the, the female, female respondents, female participants, were uh, rating the male and female climate scientists significantly differently. Yeah um so the 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 male climate scientists were were coming out as with much higher scores for dramatic sorry um, the male participants were coming out with much higher scores for dramatic and much higher scores for biased yeah than for the female the, climate the, fake than, the, for the than they were for the scientists the, exactly um so um yeah i mean what do you what do you kind of make of that we've reflected on it a lot in the in the paper um yeah it was it was an interesting one because um you know we couldn't really pull out whether it was you know female scientists um kind of like a positive bias like rating you know their female colleagues uh lower on these or whether the male participants were rating them higher um both of which would be kind of supported i guess like there's other research where you know female scientists tend to um associate their female colleagues as you know more scientific so they'd be higher on these kind of scientific attributes um so there was that but then you know equally it could be the other way around um so yeah i did think it was a really interesting one and it's something i'd it'd be interesting to go into more detail on i think um like in future research what, what, what do you think is the next phase um for people maybe mm. reading the paper or um or listening to this or maybe your own future research career if you do decide to go down that route what, what what's the next kind of step for for digging into this a bit more hmm that's a good question i'm not sure i mean i'd like it to be um replicated um mm. because i think this is i couldn't find any other research that did this and you know that's what science is basically just more research to support a theory um, so I'd like I'd like to see it done again, maybe in, with different methodologies, and see if they got similar results or could identify something different. And um, I'd also like to see what this could mean in real life. Like, mm. yeah, if the male scientist did um, rate the female scientist as more biased or dramatic, or you know, if the female scientist rated them as a much lower on those, what what does that mean in real life? And um, so I think those are the two, I think, main things I'd like to see. And hopefully female scientists maybe be a bit more from a gender perspective in the UK, um, you know, be a bit more, um, don't be scared to speak out more from this mm. perspective. Don't fear the gender perspective, basically. Um, yeah, when you say that, like, when, when I think of the, the kind of 
the climate scientists in the anglophone world that are really out there and, and and you see cropping up a lot in the media and on tv programs and stuff there's only two or three that are female mm. um i mean my you know our our friend and colleague tamzin is the the major one in in that i can think of in the uk then there's Catherine yeah. hayhoe and, and one or two other people in the states um yeah a lot more states-based ones actually um but yeah uk yeah it's it's difficult to pinpoint. It is difficult to pinpoint. I mean, maybe that's you know partly reflective of the the gender balance within within climate science um, as a whole. But you know, you, you you say in the paper that that itself can be reinforcing. Um, exactly. Yeah. If female climate scientists aren't willing to make themselves heard in the media because they're concerned about what their peers are going to say about them, then there's less female role models. And you know, as exactly. as we know, if you look at um, uh, graduates within, for example, physical geography or in physics, there's just as many women or even slightly more in, in some cohorts that are coming through, but this isn't feeding through into more female climate mm -hmm. scientists. Um, so, so, so yeah, I mean, one hopes that this can change that slightly by, by um, showing s some of the, 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 the female climate scientists that are out there that they need not need not fear judgment by their peers, at least not in this country. I mean, one thing yeah, that really jumped yeah. out to me was it's how different is it in other countries? <laughs> you know, I, I suppose that the, the, the positive thing from these results, it, as it was a study of UK climate scientists that, you know, we, we're generally pretty nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there are there, there is some evidence that there are some biases there. But actually, you know, you can view that in two ways. You can view that as Oh, isn't it you know concerning that, that male and female climate scientists are rating their male and female peers differently on some of these attributes or you look at it another way and say we have whatever it is 23 different attributes or something like that and there's only there's a, there's only two that came out with strongly statistically significant differences and there were a couple more that came up with kind of weak statistical significance so actually in general you're not seeing differences um, yeah, and, and not on the scientific attributes as well. Mm. Like it was pretty much equal. Yes, no, that's that's true. So the the kind of the the stereotypically male and science attribute, like objective and restrained and competent, competitive, rational, um, these weren't necessarily the ones where we were seeing the differences. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but is that just because you know UK academia? On the whole, is 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 um, less gender biased, or you know, I, I don't know. And of course, the, the, you know, the point still remains, as you said, we could be all lovely to each other, but if that isn't actually resulting in women becoming climate scientists, or yeah, women that are climate scientists entering the, the kind of roles where people outside of the community will come across them, then there yeah. are other issues that need to be addressed. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be great to get more female scientists out there in general and climate scientists, you know, females globally, are, you know, going to feel the worst hits of climate change. So having those kind of women invisible for everyone um, will really help, you know, women across the planet be like, OK, like my voice is relevant. Like if she's doing it, why can't I? So, you know, there's so many knock ons. It's kind of like a butterfly effect, isn't it? Like just get yourself out there. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. 
uh, we could talk about the process, but I think it, you know, it, the, the process speaks to the results that, you know, you, you, you can, you can just follow an idea and you can follow that into publication and that publication gets your voice and your voice gets picked up, you know, we've, um, suddenly you're on a podcast and you know you have journal articles out there and you know pieces in in the media and then people start asking you questions and you, you find that you have the bbc ringing you saying do you want to come and have a chat with us about this and then you have an opportunity <laughs> to to talk about other things as well and and yeah. you know i think um it, it is i mean it's still a debate you know that there are some people out there who still say the scientists shouldn't speak about policy yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. I, I, my, you know, my, my sense is that that's a view which scientists are, are entitled to have. Um, yeah, um, I don't, I think we're in agreement there. Um, but I think what this shows is if, if you disagree with that, that's, that's a, what, that's a valid viewpoint as well. And your peers are not going to think any worse of you because you've come out in the media and, and you've said, no, it's, it's not just enough to say that the ice sheets are melting. We have to show that this is the melting this is going to be a problem. It creates yeah. sig significant risks, social risks, and we really need to do something about it. Yeah, and it just gives people a bit more, you know, talking about how you know climate change is kind of far away and this like big issue. But like when climate science actually talk more kind of granular on a level that people can understand or respond to, like policy is kind of one of those. Oh, maybe we could do X, Y, Z, and then people are like, oh, okay, like maybe there is something we can do. So I think it, it kind of helps people feel maybe a bit more in control um mm. yeah maybe a bit more hopeful about everything um but yeah I just I wouldn't judge a scientist for not wanting to speak out I think it is a skill as well that it's, it's not easy to speak in the public about anything um so yeah I I think we can all take on different roles in that and that's fine but yeah just mm. go for it if you want to go on a podcast <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's nice you say that it's, it's kind of brought us full circle. It's brought us back to um, climate change being something abstract. Um, it's brought us back actually to, to some of Chris DeMeo's recent work, um, which was looking at the power of narratives and, and it's basically saying that actually the things that make people more, be more positive and actually translate to action is to be positive and give people actions that they can achieve yeah. rather than just constantly saying, <laughs> You know the science is getting more and more convinced that yeah. we have a problem well that, that's disempowering like okay <laughs> what <Yeah>. next <laughs> um, so yeah. no i mean this has been a wonderful conversation we've we've had a chance to speak to many of our colleagues involved in the program so shout out to chris and to tamzin yeah. and james porter we mentioned and yeah. Lady Thanks, and everyone guys. else who's around um and yeah it's been a pleasure um yeah and um been great yeah hopefully not too waffly <laughs> from my side You've been listening to the World We Got This In Conversation podcast with Dr. George Adamson and Lauren Armstrong. Lauren's research was published in the journal Public Understanding of Science and featured on The Conversation. Head to our website to find out more. Today's episode was brought to you by the School of Global Affairs. It was produced by Julia Stepowska with support from Julie Weldon and Rachel Wall.